Hello, I'm Pete Can, laughter leader, positive thinker, and entrepreneur. And you're listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete, where each week I'll bring you tips and tricks to lead a happier, more positive life. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, thank you for joining this week's Laughter and Positivity with Pete. And today I am very honoured and chuffed to have uh, a friend, a long-term friend, I would say, uh, Helen Sanders, who has put herself as one of the UK's leading recruitment coaches for SMEs and business owner-led companies. It's trying to bring human beings together in the hiring, which makes it more enjoyable for all involved and more successful too. Helen, how are you? I'm really good. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is, especially when... In terms of an intro, but yeah, essentially, trying to bring human beings together in a nice way. <laughs> if I would have known it was that long, I would have put my glasses on. Oh, good. Yeah. That, okay, next time round, just be mindful of that then. I will be. Ah, see what I did there, mindful. Lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely. So, um, Helen, let, let's just quickly dive in a little bit then too. So, uh, you, you, you're a recruitment coach for SMEs. Talk, talk. Give me, give me, give me a pitch. Go for it. So my pitch is: if Bob leaves your finance team, do you automatically fill that spot with a Bob Mark II, or do you go back to the drawing board and look at your business plan and say, okay, is that the right seat to be filling right now? And if it is, great. What was Bob doing for you in terms of outcomes when he left? And then let's look at that as a role. Or actually, is that salary and budget better placed somewhere else in the business? Be it a new hire or be it, you know, someone on the gig economy or is it better placed in your marketing? So it's not always a replacement of like for like. It could be something else. Um, And that's where I start. So I take a big leap backwards in terms of recruitment in order to make sure that your company can leap forwards, Um, which is something that a lot of recruiters don't do. Fantastic. And so, so how long have you been in the recruitment game then, Helen? Oh, and it is a game, Pete. Um, 22 years. Yeah, that makes mm. me sound very old. I was going to say, you yeah, don't look it. Published. You do not look that old. And Helen, I must say, you are looking really, really good as well. Really? Well, it's just as well this is only an audio chat. Because <laughs> people can make their own judgments on my voice, you see. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling really good, Pete. I have to say, 2020... May not be popular, but I've quite enjoyed this year. Perfect. And why have you enjoyed this year then? Do you want to just break that up a little bit for me? Yeah. So take you back to a long day I had at the end of February where I was traveling. So I'd lived just outside Bristol near the airport. I was traveling into London, really early, I mean, stupid o'clock train. Did the whole day with clients on site, brilliant clients. They make me very happy. I really appreciate them and vice versa. However, I was on the way home. On that late stupid o'clock train coming home thinking, I wonder if there's a way that I don't have to travel into London for a few months. And that was a massive turning point for me. This is pre-lockdown. Um, so you're welcome for lockdown because clearly me putting that out there was, uh, <laughs> but you know, essentially that was a wake up call for me. I was getting burnt out. Um, not for the first time. I am or can be an all or nothing person. And those first few weeks of lockdown for me were freedom. I had no expectations on me. I had, I had my son at home, my husband at home, and we could just not do anything. And that's a really incredible feeling that I hadn't had for a long time. 
And that told me if that was so welcome, what was going so wrong or what were you doing too much of that I wasn't unhappy because I love doing what I'm doing. I love traveling. I love meeting people, but I was burning out because I was trying to do too much. And so lockdown 1.0 back in March gave me some really good time to sit, stop, think, and just slow the heck down and jump off that train. I felt like I was on a hamster wheel, but I didn't know that I was on a hamster wheel. And the minute I jumped off that hamster wheel, suddenly my brain opened up and I saw all these opportunities and I didn't go down a a negative mindset at all. I've been there, done that. And I recognized this as a massive opportunity. And I thought if I'd, if if this isn't the universe screaming at me and probably a lot of people to just slow down, get off the hamster wheel and just stop and let your body and your mind rest um, in an enforced way without being unwell. That was very thankful for that because that's the only time usually that happens. Um, So yeah, so I've been able to make decisions from a a position of clarity of mind and thought and make decisions around my business. You know, I've hired more people. I've, I've not been working with associates as much. I've got permanent staff on board now, which was not something that I had planned before. I've got more clients than I've, we call them partners. We've got more people and more partners that we're working with than ever before. And I've been able to really shift up a gear in terms of who I am day to day and what I'm doing and what makes me happy. So 2020 for me, although it's had major challenges in terms of our son and my husband's a senior school teacher, which I mean, if that job isn't hard enough as it is, entering into a COVID school is pretty hard. Um, Yeah, so it has had its challenges, but I will look back on 2020 and know that it was absolutely pivotal for my health and my well-being. And and so, excuse me, so I suppose what I want to dive in there really is that, because obviously you've discovered this now, does once everything starts moving again, are you going to then get back on that hamster wheel or if you now... No, no hamster wheels, no hamsters, no wheels. Um, absolutely not. No, because the thing is, Pete, if I'd carried on like that, I would have been making myself very poorly, either physically or mentally or both, and probably both. Um, what it's actually allowed me to do, and this is something that I practice, and it is a practice, but people talk about practicing meditation. I practice, I practice fitness. I have to practice I'm not very good at it and I want to be really good at it, but I will never be perfect. Um, So I bought myself an indoor cycling bike and that I do religiously every day. I practice it and I love it. I have to say that's from someone who doesn't cycle. I do now, but I didn't. Um, I will not put myself in a position now where I have days where I can't cycle, where I cannot get at least 10 minutes of meditation in. That wasn't happening before. Um, And where you know, gone are the days where on a Sunday I travel up to London, um, therefore missing some of the weekend with my family so that I could be on site with partners at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. It's not necessary. I could go on a Tuesday. I do not need to miss some of the Sunday. So that, yeah, they are lines in the sand. Actually, they're not even in sand. They're in concrete. And I'm not changing that for anything. That's brilliant to hear. So, so obviously, I, I know you, Helen. I've known you for years, and so I yeah. know I know your backstory. I know, yeah. obviously, you know, like I say, with the family, it's really, really important. I mean, do you do you want to just touch on that a little bit with the listeners? Yeah. So, 
I mean, you've known me, Pete, as I'm positive, Helen, positive H. I, I'm a happy person and I grew up a very happy person. In fact, in my family, I was unbearably happy in the mornings. Hey, everyone, how are you? And oh, for goodness sake, how can you be so happy in the morning? And I just was. And that's who I was. And that's who you know now. There was a period of time um, after we had our son where for two years, well, for about about two years, for, but certainly for about nine months, his first nine months, I had postnatal depression. Didn't know it at the time, um, but worked it out and got help. Um, and that's almost an acceptable mental health problem to have, let's say. And then when he was three, and this is what you're alluding to, is um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumour, cancerous brain tumour, and by all accounts should not be with us. And he absolutely blooming well is. And he's an awesome human being. And I'm a better mum for having been through that experience. I wouldn't wish it on anyone at all. Uh, but it's taught me a lot about me as a human being, what I can, what I can cope with, what I can't cope with, what my husband can and can't cope with and what my son can and can't cope with. And I am, it must have been about, maybe when you and I started to become friends, it must have been around that time, I realised that what we went through as a family does not define us in a negative way. If we use that experience in a positive way, that can only be a good thing. And in actual fact, if we didn't do that, it was going to eat us alive. Um, very many families go through trauma, medical trauma with their children or any kind of trauma with children. And they're not together as a family unit. Um, I'm not saying that was always the case with us. There could have been times that my husband and I could have said, actually, this is too much. But we are stronger now than we've ever been. And that's because we have that. It's not a shared experience because you, each of us, my husband, myself and our son, went through the same experience, but we didn't share it. You know, I asked the doctors lots of questions. My husband didn't. He did not want to know. He couldn't cope with it. I had, I had to ask the questions to cope with it. And then you've got a three-year-old who had no choice but to have, over the course of his lifetime, 80 general anaesthetics. Um, goodness knows how much poison pumped into his system in order to keep him alive. And what we call the Superman um, laser, the eye lasers, that's what basically killed the cancer in his brain. But along with killing the cancer, in terms of radiotherapy, it killed a lot of his brain. So. Yeah, it wasn't a shared experience. It was an experience that we went through together, but we processed it all very differently. And we're better for it. So Thanks. That's, no, no, it's, it's brilliant. It's, you know, it's obviously I've met, well, yeah, I've been involved in a lot of the stuff and it just reminds me. I always just, just takes me back to um, just the, 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 uh, the charity ball you yeah. did. And, yeah. And um, just... Basically, I'm just going to share a story, and I've I shared it before. I'm sure on the previous podcast that we did, and and uh, you you wanted someone to do the heads or tails games, and anybody that knows doesn't know what a heads or tails game. You know, six bottles of wine on 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 deal um, to win, and everybody um, put their hands on their heads or their tails, basically That's on the arms. Yeah. And uh, you were you wanted the biggest tosser in the room, and everyone. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you looked straight at me and went, oh, there's only one tosser I know in this room. And then it was just straight at me. And I was like, well, brilliant. Okay, so there's about 100 people in the room. Lovely. And anyway, so we start start doing the heads or tails. And um, 
yeah, it ended up there was just literally two people left with their heads or their tails, wasn't it? And one, one was yeah. obviously um, your son, and, and it was basically, and, and it just, I just tossed the coin and it just landed and he won. It was, it was, it was yeah. mental. And obviously, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't drink because what was he, probably 12 then, I think, maybe a little bit younger. Probably younger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was younger. It was five years ago. So he would have been 10. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, yeah, you enjoyed that wine that night, I'm sure. But um, it was. <laughs> But that's that's the, you know that that was probably my first real experience of seeing you know like a, a, a definitely a charity do. I'd never really been to a charity do and just getting involved in all that and just seeing your passion for it, it was click, wasn't it? Was it click? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. yeah. Which is amazing, and it's just so so. I just wanted to cover that a little bit just to sort of give a bit of yeah. Yeah, and I'll just explain why you were the tosser in the room though, Pete, because you had to literally toss a coin to do heads and tails. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it wasn't that I thought that you were, but you did make a very good tosser. And for that I thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> and anytime you want to toss her in your and your, <laughs> your, 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 your I don't know, your next conference, if you listen to this and you need a tosser, then then uh, hit me up, pecan.com. Yep. Thank you very much. Yep. Right, uh, thank you. Please. Thanks for joining me, Helen. I'll see You're you welcome. Soon. See you now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so so what um what I mean this this is laughter and positivity. So yeah. so Yeah, I kind of taken it down, haven't I? No, not at all, not at all. Because, <laughs> because obviously, you know, when you were going through all of that, yeah, did you have daily habits? Did you have positive? So, the daily habit for nine months was to get through that day with your brain intact. Because if you've ever watched Children in Need or any of those programs where you see uh, cancer wards with kids with no hair, that's one thing. Because it's on a screen, it's not happening to you. When you're in it, it's fundamentally i mean i'm yeah it, it's um it's a it's a family that you join without being asked it's a bubble that you join with you know it's it's an experience that you join without any no one can teach you how to cope with that so the daily habits i had in that point was to um harass stroke nag every doctor that i crossed paths with I needed all the information and I needed to make sure the nurses were okay and happy because if they weren't okay and happy, then my son was okay and happy. Um, and after that, my daily habits got very poor, very poor, very quickly. So once you're released from, Oh, here's the end of treatment. Good luck. You've now got five years to see if this thing comes back and it probably will. So just be ready for it. That's not a good thing to say to a mum like me because then I'm waking up 18 times a night to check if he's still alive. Well, of course he's still alive because the cancer he had wasn't going to kill him like that. So it was only after those two or three years where I was very, really struggling, but very mindful of... I didn't fight against the fact that I was struggling. I accepted that. And then what I realised was I could either stay this way and wallow and not be a victim to it, but just let it define us. But what am I teaching our son? By that point, he's five coming up to six and he's not in school full time and he has lots of problems and lots of medical needs. And what am I showing my son? So I tapped into what I was like growing up. I had to choose to be happy. It's not a choice to be happy anymore, I'm happy. But in those couple of years afterwards, when I started to get to know you and your family, Pete, I had to choose to be happy and to practice that is very hard because it's a literally a flick of a switch. 
I am happy today. I am happy today. I am happy today because I needed my five, six-year-old son who, let's face it, didn't sign up for any of this stuff and didn't even agree for any of the doctors to do what they did to him. I had to agree it, not him. Um, I needed to show him life was worth living and worth fighting for and being awesome for. Because if I carried on down that route, what was I teaching him? Now, he... <laughs> I might complain about having a headache or migraine. Mum, just suck it up. You've not had cancer, have you? What are you complaining about? And I'm like, oh, I love that. It makes me giggle. <laughs> you know, I just think it's so true. It's so true. Um, and so in terms of that, the, the daily side of things, if I wake up and I know I'm not in the mood, I know I'm not in the mood. That's okay. I acknowledge it and I just work through that. I don't choose to stay in that. I find something. So I either meditate um, or I will do my cycle ride earlier in the day than in the evening. Because just that, the endorphins, the physicality of doing some exercise can literally change that. And I know you talk about that as well. That's why laughter yoga works, because it physically changes your physiology. I mean, it, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it makes sense, <laughs> you know? So um, th these days, it's not a choice to be happy because I am genuinely happy. I've got so much to be happy for. I don't have to remind myself. I'm not saying that every day I'm waking up going, woohoo, yes. But within a couple of minutes, I am. Definitely. And do, um, do, do, yeah. do you practice um, gratitude at all? Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up a Catholic, practicing Catholic, and I would go to sleep saying the Lord's Prayer just because that's what I was taught to do. Um, it wasn't an enjoyable practice because it was what I was educated and expected to do. I've now turned that Lord's Prayer into I still say the Lord's Prayer but I actually say it with meaning in my head and when I finish the Lord's Prayer in my head I I tell myself these are the three things I'm grateful for today and it could be the sun was shining and the dog and I didn't get wet when we went for a walk it doesn't have to be huge things it can literally be um uh, what other examples just the leaves are falling off the tree today. And I'm, oh, know, just, the leaves are changing. Yeah. I mean, how thankful are we for that? Mm. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be big things around COVID or vaccines and all that stuff. It can just, I tell you, here's one. My son is, so he's now, um, you wouldn't necessarily know it, but he's on the autistic spectrum. And he finds physical touch very difficult unless it's on his terms. So I can't hug him um, with that maternal angst that I would like. I have to ask for permission. So Leo, could I have a hug? And on Friday, I didn't even have to ask. He just came and hugged me with the biggest, and he's bigger than, he's taller than me now, Pete. Not that I'm very tall, but he's taller than me. And he gave me this biggest hug. And that, I don't think he'd hugged me for a few months. Wow. That in its, so that's huge, but it's actually... 30 seconds of my day, mm -hmm. which absolutely, if I'm having a bad day now, that's what I'll remember because I'll remember that physicality and the endorphins that that released in my, in my system. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be grateful for remembering how that felt when I go to sleep tonight after I've said my Lord's prayer. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so, so you mentioned again, like, so previously you used to be happy Helen, you know, when you were younger and stuff and, and how, how did, how did that, um, 
where, where do you think you got that from? You know, the positive outlook and everything. I mean, were your parents like that? I mean, <laughs> it's funny because so I'm I'm the middle child, so I am that annoying one. So I have an older brother, younger sister. All three of us adopted, all adopted from different families as babies. So genetically not connected, but all, I mean, they are fundamentally my best friends in the world. Um, And our household was a really happy household. Um, Very strict mum, not so strict dad. I felt sorry for him because my mum was always, you know, the one as the disciplinarian. But... It was a happy household. We had a, a, an amazing dog, Mandy, that you know just brought absolute love and light into our world. But I don't think it was the whole um, nature nurture thing is really interesting because my brother and sister weren't like me. They weren't like Tigger in the morning. I was up and at it. I was I was annoying in the mornings because I was that happy. So that's that's a nature nurture thing because they weren't the same. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it just is who I am. Fundamentally, that is who I am. I'm not saying my brother and sister aren't happy people. They are happy people, but they just don't express it in the same way as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably a good thing, because then it wouldn't have been a happy household because my mum and dad would have been driving themselves crazy with three <laughs> children like me in the house. That would not have been <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So, and, and I mean, do, so, do you... Um... Do you sort of with positive? Do you practice uh, like what your routine? So you mentioned that you, you obviously you, you practice gratitude. You yep. meditate. You yep. exercise. Yep. Um, do you visualize? Um, see, I'm a really visual person. It's really funny, but I don't necessarily. Yeah, I. It, it, maybe I need to think about that. Actually, maybe I can add that into the mix because I am a really visual person. I do. Even when you say that now, I'm. I don't, well, we're not on video, but if we were, you'd see on my office wall, I've got a picture that I took on my phone of New York from the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. And if I needed to go to my happy place visually, that would probably be it. Because yeah. that was just incredible. And a family that were on holiday just bought my, my friend and I that were on this boat um, a glass of champagne each, just because they were like, you guys look really happy. Have some champagne. <laughs> Okay, so it pays to be happy because then you don't end up having to buy your own drinks. So, uh, so yeah, actually, visualization I don't do. I'm going to look at that. Let me write that down because that could really, I I could become even more unbearable, couldn't I? How about affirmations? Do you do affirmations? Um, I, from time to time, it's not as something I practice mm-hmm. when I need to. I do, um, yeah. so that I am happy. I am happy. I am happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be happy. I am happy. Um, yeah. So I have, that's been kind of the main one that's kind of been my mainstay over the years when I've found myself dipping. Um, but very often when I find myself dipping, it's not because I'm not affirming that in my own life. It's because of other stuff that I'm, you know, I'm not sleeping properly. Or I'm not eating well. I'm not looking after myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned sleep as well. That's really, really important. I mean, uh, how, how much do you sleep, would you say? So I need eight hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I, uh, I'm quite, I do analyze my sleep, um, much the amusement, amusement of my husband, because my app on my phone will record whoever's snoring. And I, I hasten to add, it's definitely not me snoring. It's definitely my husband. Um, but yeah, sleep is a big one for me. And sleep is the first thing to go when I start to struggle or start to get, um, into a stressful cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realise that. For many, many years, I didn't realise that. I thought I could burn the candle at both ends. 
Um, but now that I'm in, into my 40s, A, I'm in my 40s and that's not good for someone who's potentially menopo- menopausal. Yeah, menopausal. But also, you know, still working or still doing something at two in the morning that really can wait. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. It, if you haven't done it by the time you leave your desk, it doesn't need to be done. It can always be done the next day. It's important. Sleep is important. You're massive. I'm the same. I'm an eight-hour, eight-hour sleep type of guy, and it's. It, I'm, I'm the same. It's. It's. Uh, it's. If I don't get to sleep by ten o'clock, because I like to be up by six, half five probably to do my morning routine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I don't do that, if I get to bed at like half ten or quarter to eleven, then that's everything's just knocked on, and it's yeah. it's gone are the days of out till 4 5 a.m in the morning you know just partying how on earth did we do that pete i mean seriously i mean i I just couldn't do it now not a chance i think i think there's a certain age that you get to maybe that you just like nah it doesn't appear i'd rather literally have a cup of cocoa and uh i'd rather eight hours sleep yeah exactly at the right time yeah 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 yeah. so so do do you ever um power nap um I lived in Spain for a year um, and absolutely because culturally that's what that siesta is for Um, I don't now and I'm not sure how I build that into my day but being someone who loves sleep that would be a really interesting I'd love to try that can you imagine that sorry yeah I'm gonna just gonna pin my diary power nap my team would think I'd gone completely fruit loopy but I kind of want to try it to see what happens. But you, you say again, you say that. So, so I um, again being self-employed, um, yeah. sort of can choose when when you work and stuff. And and I've had times where I've burnt the candle to, to like late a uh, late night. I had to get up, had to get up early. It wasn't a case I wanted to you know a little lie and there was something I had to get up. Um, kids, and, yeah, kids, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, kids or or an early morning session I had to do or whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, and then I, I'd sort of say to Chloe, and I say, "Look, I'll be honest, Chloe. By mid- like, she she goes, you're going to be done in by the midday, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to go to sleep for now." And so, she's just, yeah. So okay, in that context, I do. I absolutely am more than happy to go and have a lie down, and I'll get the hot water bottle, and I will snuggle, and I will say to my husband, "Please wake me up in an hour. Do not let me sleep longer." But it wouldn't be something that necessarily practically would work for my day to day. Mm-hmm. It comes Saturday or Sunday. Oh, yeah. If, if that's what that's called, power nap, i.e. me falling asleep on the sofa for an hour between three and four, I'll take that. Dribbling. So, yes. so ask the question again, do I power nap? Of course I do, Pete. I actually do. And I love it. It makes me happy. Fantastic. That's amazing. So, so um, where... <laughs> <laughs> so with... Um, with um... So what do you think about laughter yoga? What do I think? You know what I think about laughter yoga. I've done a couple of sessions with you, even inviting some people who I work with. So these are clients, partners, whatever you want to call them, um, where I knew that some of them may be thinking, what are you going on about, Helen? Laughter yoga, does that mean I need to put my spandex on? I kind of was tempted to say yes, just because I wanted to see clients in spandex. But do we say spandex anymore? Lycra, Lycra. I think, yes. Let's go with Lycra. Um, But I tell you, that session I did with you, with those, there were about 14 of us together, weren't there? That Mm -hmm. session with you, half an hour of laughter yoga, I had the same endorphins as I do from a cycle. And you had a headache as well, didn't you? And I had a headache beforehand, and the headache went afterwards. And... 
that, I mean, that just makes complete sense because your body can identify where there's pain or when you have a headache, it may not even be a headache. It might be that actually your ankle hurts, but it's your head that's telling you. Um, but yeah, those endorphins that were released from that and the feedback I got made me very happy as well. You know, so yeah, and, and knowing that I was helping you get the word out there that guys, you know, this is something that you can really easily tap into. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm a fan, a big fan. Good. Yeah. Good. I, um, and, and also, Pete, of all the people I know, you are the person that needs to be the laughter yoga guy. You're the biggest tosser. That's what you are for, for that. I wasn't going there, Pete, at all. Not at all. You said that, not me. But apart from being the biggest tosser and the best tosser, it's not just the best. But of all the people I know, and in a family of, you know, I've got 48 cousins, so I know a lot of people. But of all the people I know, you would be the person. If someone said to me, who in your world, who are the people that you've surrounded yourself with that make you feel good, that if we had to give them the label of laughter yoga guru, who would it be? I mean, your name would be number one, alongside Tosser. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. But I think that's also why I've rebranded in literally the last few, well, probably last month, actually. So for canned laughter was my can, canned laughter, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's now I'm I'm the laughter man. That that's my Pete Cam, the laughter man. And it it's just so you. It's you all over. And it makes me really happy to see you doing this. It really does. I wish this was video because honestly, it just your face is oh, yes, Pete can. You can. I can. I can. Yeah. And I, I was chatting to uh, again with I think it was Chloe and there was someone else I was chatting to, but everything that has happened over the last well, I suppose 44 years, really, if I think about it. But, but it's led to this, you know, from the DJing, um, yeah. from from the you can, Pete can, you can, from yeah. the marketing, learning the marketing of the business, to um, just but being want to be on stage, want to be in front of people, want, but then also wanted to support people, want to educate, like make people feel happy yeah. about themselves. And yeah. it, it's just all come and, 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 and sort of touching on the, like, yeah, COVID is shy. It is shy. And, you know, our core business is our chefs and there's no business for chefs at the moment. Yeah. yeah. But I'm grateful the fact that I've had the opportunity to just, double down well more than double down I'm just yeah. all in this now and it's um yeah. yeah and it's and it's starting to play fruition it really is people are starting yeah. to book and you know there's 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 tv things coming my way there's right. there's yeah there's lots of really exciting stuff and it's um and it's all about it's all about me Helen yeah it's all about it me it's all about you Pete <laughs> although I mean the laughter man it is all about you that's the thing yeah. you you know, and I, yeah, I'm just really pleased for you because it is something, seeing you this happy, and again, we're not on video, but you, you know, you're just, you're just brighten my day, man. It's just really cool. I don't need a flag, do I? I don't need a flag. I just... Um... No, you are. Well, well, that's from your DJing days, isn't it? It is, it is completely. It yeah. completely is. It's my little shout out to the acid house days, basically. <laughs> and and, and every that... Happy. Exactly. We were always happy. And it's funny, like, there are the odd, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge interviews I have as well. They're like, nice flag. Thank you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we know the score, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So what would you say to, about uh, to somebody that was looking at, you know, list, listening and thinking, I want to, like, I keep hearing about positivity, I keep hearing about gratitude, I keep hearing about meditation, I keep hearing about it, I like, and I know I should do it. What would you say to them? And what would you say would be the best way for them to start? So the first thing I would say is don't think you should do it. Just kind mm-hmm. of do it. I think should it can be a really loaded word. Um, there is no should or shouldn't. It's I can or I cannot. So you're choosing. So um, try something. Pick something. Try some laughter yoga with you, Pete. You know, try. Try. There's so much stuff on on platforms like YouTube around meditation, and there's so many different ways to meditate. And heaven knows, I've tried some ways. And I'm like, really? This is supposed to be awesome, and this is not making me feel good. And then I've finally landed on you know particular. Um, meditations that just work for me um so there isn't a should or a shouldn't just try just pick one thing try it for a month and just see how you feel and if i had to take if i if there's one thing i said right actually do you know what you can't cycle now for for (gasps) no would that be the one or you can't meditate now for or no um so in order if you said to me you can no longer take your dog out for a walk that would really upset me. That I, that would just destroy me because that's a time that I have with nature and with my furball of a doggy that makes me very happy. Um, so that would be the number thing, number one thing. If I really couldn't cycle, I'd just go for longer walks. Yeah, and and do when you go for long walks in nature, do you listen to things as well, or do you just listen to the I birds? To and... yeah, yeah, I do not. I used to listen to music, and I used to listen to. Um, you know, Blinkist and books and things. And I thought, hang on, I'm missing a trick here. The landscape is my soundscape. What on earth am I doing listening to music when this is the music? Um, so, yeah, I deliberately don't now. And I um, I do walk in places where I don't get good signal. Um, so, which, yeah, could be deemed a little bit dangerous. But then also, um, you know, I, I need to not be able to work. I need to kind of take that temptation away or make sure that I don't answer the phone when I'm walking with the dog. That is my committed time. Same with, well, I say same with when I'm on the bike. I do take a a short five second video and post it on Facebook because it makes me really accountable. And the feedback I get from that is really cool as well. Um, So yeah, so that's the only time that I use my phone when I'm on the bike. The rest of the time I'm good for nothing because I'm, Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I love that accountable. You know, that's another thing that I do cover a lot is accountability and having somebody that you are accountable to. So obviously you use, is it a Facebook group or is it just, or no, is it your, your... whatever it is, whatever the Facebook, um, so it's not a post. I never post it. I put it on story stories. Yeah. Right. And I just, um, I just started doing it. I didn't ask anyone to hold me accountable, but knowing that, there's a couple of friends in particular that are always like, yes, yes, awesome, you go. Because they know that I've struggled with my weight or with my mental health. And so they know that this is a massive thing for me to be getting on a bike every day um, and sharing it. And it's more likely to happen if they know. And, and I'm all, almost giving them an indicator there, aren't I, that if you don't hear from me for a few days, you know why. It's because I'm probably not doing that great. Mm. um, but that's more about me and how I feel about their feedback than them giving me that feedback as it were yeah yeah. would they would they they pick you up as well do you think if 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 you went quiet yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's all good 
<laughs> cool. So, so books then, do you read much? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I listen to books more. I mm-hmm. buy books on Amazon. My husband then reads them because he reads a lot faster than I do. He will then give me a, you know, a, a 15 minute rundown and will highlight stuff for me and then give that to me. So he's an amazing asset <laughs> to me being able to read stuff. Um, but then what I also do is if he's, if he's read something that he thinks that I need to know about, I will then download the book and I will then listen to it. Um, come the evening, what I used to do was read business books before I went to bed, but that just didn't help with eight hours sleep because then I'm an ideas person and that just flicks the wrong switch in my brain. So now I read you know, novels and crime dramas and thrillers because I need to be taken out of my world and read something else for me to relax. Um, nice. yeah. <laughs> I hear that a lot actually and it's um it's something I don't do actually read when I get to bed. I literally I can get in the bed bang head pillow don't gone oh, no, I need to read I have yeah. to read I've all, always been that way even mm. as a as a kid I was that annoying child that would read books <laughs> a so, lot of them yeah. so what so what book would you say has helped you over the years so it's not one that I've revisited recently but it was absolutely formative to when I was younger and it was something that I did revisit when Leo was in hospital. Um, you get a lot of reading time when you're in hospital. Um, and it was Terry Waite. Do you remember he was taken hostage in Beirut? And his book was um, called Taken on Trust. And, okay, so he was a hostage negotiator. So he will have had some training. But there's no way you can train for four years in, in solitary, never knowing if you're getting out. And that book at that time, I must have been... About 15, 16, 17, maybe when that book came out. And I remember reading it three times back to back in case I'd missed something. And when Leo was sick, um, when he, he was diagnosed with cancer, I reread that book again. And I felt, I, I, I'm no Terry Waite, but I felt the pain that he had and that, that survival instinct um, kick in. And I kind of thought at the time to myself, Okay, this is why you read that book three times when you were younger, because you you are now in a hostage situation because cancer had held us hostage and we had no choice. We had no control, no nothing. And so um, because the, and there is no book that tells you how to cope when your three year old has been diagnosed with cancer and he's got two weeks to live unless you do something. And even if you do something, he will probably die very soon. Um, there is no book. Maybe I need to write that book. But um, but even then, that's my experience, not someone else's experience. So, yeah, so the Terry Waite book, I may even, in that period between Christmas and New Year, I'm going to take that off. I may even reread that book because I'm a different, I'm the same person, but I have different experiences and I have a different mindset now. And I may spot things now that I've read it four times. If I read it a fifth time here and now, I'll read it in a very different way. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'll put that in the show notes as well, so people can actually, you know, like get get hold of that. And I've never I've never listened or read to read it, so I will. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, it's one of those it, 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 people talk about you don't know what you can handle until you're given a load of crap to handle, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same with anything. So, whether you break your leg or whether you come down with COVID or you don't know how you're going to cope until you have that situation. And yeah, it's a it's actually quite an easy easyish read. It's not it's not as somber as it sounds in terms of talking about it's four years. I'm sure it was, it was at least four years in solitary confinement. I mean, come on, you know, that the power of the human mind for him was incredible. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even want to get, get, just not being able to talk to anybody or... or oh, yeah, it's, it's, done for me. I, <laughs> Although, do you know what, you wouldn't, because you've got your practices, you've got your... He had practices, they may not have been called meditation or laughter yoga or, you know, um, visualisation, but he had his practices. There's no two ways about it. He may not have labelled it as that, but it got him through. Mm. So who inspires you? Um, can I just be really obvious and say my son? <laughs> um, yeah, I think anyone who can go through what he's been through without having given permission to what we did to him. So let me backtrack a little bit. Doctors and nurses, NHS, I absolutely love everything. Yes, it has its faults. It's a big operation, but it's an amazing organisation. However, my son does not see doctors as someone who's fixed him. Whereas Pete, you and I know that without those doctors, he wouldn't be here. And there will come a point where he knows that and acknowledges that. And for him to be able to do what he's able to do with the issues that he's been left with as a result is incredible. And there was a time, and you'll know this, when we first met, there was a time he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't even go to the bathroom on his own. And now you've got a very headstrong, stubborn, fantastic 15-year-old who's going to be 16 in January and who now is able to remind me, mum, you know that I'm 16 in January and then I'm going to be 18 and then I'm going to be 25 and then I'm going to be 40. And to hear a child who you thought never had a future to talk about the fact that he acknowledges he may well get to that is just super impressive. And when I say to him and when doctors and nurses say to him, goodness you're brave my goodness you're amazing he's like no I'm not I'm just doing what I have to do nice. I mean come on I'm, I mean just yeah. yeah 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 so I should never ever complain of a headache with him again because he'll be the first to say oh, just, mum just take the drugs you'll be fine it's a headache what's wrong with you <laughs> so yeah yeah okay so um what I was going to say, what, I've already asked this question. I'm reading off my list now, which is really, it's late. It's late. I'm just like, what's <laughs> the next question? It's bedtime, Pete. <laughs> it, is, it is nearly bedtime, isn't it? Um, so where, where can people find you? That's the question I was going to put. Um, so you can email me, helen at yourpeoplepartners.com. You can find our website, which is yourpeoplepartners.com. I'd ignore it for now. It's being redone in January. Um, and I really, really... I feel that we went through this experience with our son to make a difference to other parents who maybe go through the same situation. I cannot, I cannot say enough about knowing that there are other people out there who've been through similar situations and not being able to help them, even if it's just a shoulder. So if, if you're listening and either you or someone you know, even if they're a neighbour and you don't, or a parent from school, you don't know them very well, if their child's been diagnosed with cancer and you feel that they need some support, please, please give them my email address. I'd be happy to help. So what's uh, my final thought or your final thought is what, um, what three things bring you joy? Okay. So really easy. Leo, my son, my dog. Um, and I did think about this before and I'm going to say a sunglasses day. What do I mean by that? Any day, any day that I can put my sunglasses on. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if it's about to rain, if I can get my sunglasses on and get some sun on my face, absolutely awesome. It makes me smile. 
Perfect. And I, I'm just going to add to that. If any any of the listeners have, have seen my Ray Bands, I've lost them for about a month now, so I need to find them. <laughs> and we've had a lot of sunglasses days. Yeah. So come on. <laughs> Although just because you don't wear the sunglasses doesn't stop it being a sunglasses day. It's true. It just it's just a squ- it's a squinty day instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, that, that could be a whole different thing, Pete. So let's not go down that route. <laughs> Brilliant. Ellen, thank you so much. And um, I will talk to you very soon. Yeah, thank you, Pete. You are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete. To access today's show notes and exclusive content, please head over to petecan.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for your next dose of laughter and positivity. Until then, remember, if Pete can, you can. <laughs>